0: Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, Pastor Jaina challenges us with a powerful message on prayer and fasting been a part of Burning Hearts before, you already know this, but in January we go after fasting and prayer. We also share like the prophetic that God's been speaking to us um, as leaders over the house and the things we're just praying into for us in the next year. And some of those things we're already, uh, we spoke about in 2019. So you heard sermons on Acts. I really believe we're supposed, to, we're called to be an Acts church. I really believe we're called to step into becoming more like that where the presence of god comes with power and with might and where we fellowship with each other and iron sharpens iron and we truly are the body of christ and doing life together and so that is a desire of mine and that's why we went into that series is like i feel like that is to be fulfilled in 2020 in a greater measure another word that the lord gave was about occupying the land and we talked about that you know two sundays ago where for 2020 God's going to give us strategies on how to occupy the land and I feel like today Lord is speaking to me about fasting and prayer and a lot of it is about us getting downloads from the Father on how to occupy the land he's called us to take and how to press into the things he wants us to press into and so I'm going to teach a little bit on fasting but I want you as a personal way is our goal is just that we ask the Father what do you want me to fast for What is on your heart, God, for my family? What is on your heart for my city? And those are the things I want to go after. Those are the things I want to fast and pray for. And so that is the challenge I'm laying is it's like fasting is all about intimacy, that we spend time with the Father, that we get to know Him in a greater measure, that we hear His heart. And in those places, He begins to reveal things to us that we're supposed to do. And so our fast is a fast for intimacy to be with Jesus. And I want you to think about this week as we are launching into this, Asking those questions, God, what do you have for me? I'm gonna, at the end, you get a sheet with verses and 21 days of like things to just pray into. And in those things, I really want you to just take the time to ask Jesus, what's your thought on this for me? It's all about what he wants to personally speak to each one of us and what he wants us to contend for. And so um, as I share this today, be thinking about you personally. What does it look like for me to grow deeper in Jesus and to grow deeper in the knowledge of his word? So I wanted to start off with some good news, because I love sharing testimonies. This last couple weeks, I've been getting from our network of churches, we're part of Apostolic Network of Global Awakening, it's a mouthful, I call it ANGA for short, and um, they give the statistics every year, we kind of send in, they ask, send in the testimonies, they want us to collect testimonies, they just want the goodness of God, it's the things that drives us to, you know, keep going and keep contending for things. So as they sent these statistics, they also sent this testimony of a man who, had been paralyzed for eight years with a um, severe spinal cord injury, and he was fully healed and restored and started walking, and um, they were showing, it. anyway, God is so good. He's so good, and so um, I sent that off to different people who need that, and uh <laughs> But they sent the statistics of what people had sent in. Now, I want you to keep in mind, this is our little church and a whole bunch of other little, like 250 other little things, but Heidi Baker's a part of this. So if any of you know Heidi Baker, so the, the, it's skewed a little, let's just say. She's a part of our, um, our uh, network and she's planted, I think it's like 10,000 churches. Anyway, whatever. So salvations this last year, 438,000 salvations. Woo! All right, healings, 160,350 people healed. That's so awesome. Men, deliverances from demonic, 56,610. That's a lot of freedom. That is amazing. And I was looking at these things and excited about what God was doing, and all I could think of is, what are we building in a foundation for 2020 to see that just increase? He's going to give us strategies. He's going to give us favor in our city, in favor with people you're around, to see those numbers increase. And it's not about a number. Randy Clark says that. It's not about a number. It's about seeing the goodness of God that he's pouring out his spirit on it, on us, on his sons and daughters and on this earth today. And we're seeing, we hear bad news. If you turn on the news, you're hearing all kinds of bad reports. But the goodness of God is overwhelming what he's doing. And those are the things we, as the kingdom of God, need to lean into and believe for. It is truly on earth as it is in heaven. We are stepping into things that we, I never thought we'd see in my lifetime, the things that we've seen. I never thought I'd be able to share those kind of numbers. You know, God is moving in might, and we get to be a part of it. All right, so for the sermon today, I want you to turn to Isaiah 58. We're going to quickly walk through some scriptures in Isaiah and look at um, fasting. And then we're going to run over to Psalm 112 and into Revelation a little. So if you're taking notes, take fast notes. (laughs) I kind of am going to hit a lot today. So verse 6, we're going to start with in Isaiah 58 verse 6. quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Let's pause. I want to go back to verse 6. There's some things about the fasting that he's calling us to do in the practical sense. You know, there's, there's a spiritual thing that we are going after. We're going to be praying and pressing in in intimacy with God. But true fasting is about loosing the chains of injustice, untying the cords of the yoke, and setting the oppressed free. He wants to set people free. He wants to break bondages in our life. You know, fasting breaks sin bondages. Fasting also breaks the... the destiny pieces that you're called into. It opens doors, it brings intimacy with God to like light a fire in us fresh. Fasting draws us into a closeness with him that we can't imagine, but he wants us to take care of the poor. In verse 10 it says, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. As I've been studying and reading and pondering fasting in different scriptures, it's all through the scriptures, fasting, This taking care of the people, the poor, the needy, looking at the broken, the oppressed, that are carrying these burdens, God has been really convicting me that we gotta do more as a church to reach our city. So I'm asking the question, God, how? Like my fast this year is how can we reach our city in a better measure? How can we see the poor touched? How can we meet the needy? And I desire for us to get some strategies. I believe we will this year on that. I know we go out every month and that's good, but I know there's so much more we could do. I know there's so many more ways we could reach. So I wanna show you a piece of bringing righteousness into a city and shifting that is in Psalm 112. And it's a key for this is what this looks like. And this is just the pre-sermon, just so you know. So, (laughs) Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Do you see all these promises for the righteous ones? It's loaded with promises. If you are feeling discouraged today, get yourself in the Psalms and start with Psalms 112 and begin to see what God's promises over us look like. It sets our mindset in the right direction. Verse 6 Surely the righteous will never be shaken, they will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. The righteous, Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. Pause. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. They freely gave to the poor. What happened then? righteousness endures forever. The generosity is the key to righteousness in our city. Generosity opens the door for righteousness. Do you see that key in Psalms? As we are generous with our lives and our finances in our city and to the needy and to the poor, we're gonna see righteousness, a standard of righteousness raised. It's a powerful key. Anyway, so let's go back to Isaiah 58. We're standing there And as we are generous and believing for the righteousness of God to come to our city, we're standing in behalf of those who are in need. We're standing in behalf of those who are in bondage. All right, let's look at verse eight. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. What happens as we fast and pray? Quickly the healing will come. The glory and the presence of the Lord is on you. That's why I say when we fast, we fast for intimacy because it's a time for the closeness of what God wants. He wants to speak to his kids. He wants us to be in that place of intimacy with him, hearing from him and him answering those questions that we have. But I believe we are gonna see a breakthrough in healing this year. Some of us have contended for decades for things. Some of you have contended for years or days or whatever. I know there's a breakthrough. I'm seeing it. God is moving. We're sharing testimonies all the time. But there's so much more. There's so much more when heaven invades earth. When he comes in and his presence shows up, everything changes. <clears throat> then you will call and the Lord will answer. He will. You will cry for help and he will, he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke, of oppression, with the pointing of finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. You know, a lot of times we say, um, on earth as it is in heaven, what does it look like in heaven? A lot of times when I'm praying for people, I'll say, well, what does that look like in heaven? You know, like, let's get perspective of Christ's perspective on your situation, well, there's no pain, there's no sickness, I would be okay, you know, or whatever. And when we shift our mindset to say, what does it look like in heaven, things begin to change for us. Now in Psalm 112, what I just read to you is a mindset shift. Does that mean that these, that his people aren't going to have trials of many kinds? He says we will. Are we going to have sufferings? Yeah, we will. But surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. There's a trusting and a knowing. I listened to a speaker recently, and he said, You know, we contend for on earth as it is in heaven, but what are the things that are not in heaven that we still carry on earth? And he had just gone through five years of real difficult stuff, and he said, I was carrying burdens that I was not called to carry. I was carrying pain that I was not called to carry. And he said, "At once I begin to realize how to give that to the Lord, my life began to change. And I thought, God, I need that key. That's a key for me. What does it look like that we quit carrying those burdens? And then as I begin to read the Psalms, I'm like, that's what it looks like. We don't fear anything and we're steadfast. It doesn't harm us. It can't shake us. It won't cause us to be moved. We're unshakable because we know who we are in him and we know who he is that he is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. All right, the Lord will guide you always. Let's go to verse 11. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like spring whose waters never fail. Look at those promises. He's gonna guide us. He's gonna satisfy us. He's gonna strengthen us. He's gonna refresh us. That's some powerful promises. Your people will rebuild their ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. As I was looking and reading through Isaiah 58 and studying fasting, I couldn't shake those scriptures. This is where I just begin to land and begin to seek God on. I thought there is a key for us, for Fargo, North Dakota, for this region, in this place. I felt like it was really, you know how all of a sudden you're reading the Bible and going along and all of a sudden this verse, it just comes alive to you and you can't shake it. It's that rhema, it's that life speaking word. That was what this did for me. And I thought, God, there's keys in here that I don't quite yet see. And what are you trying to say? You know, it's okay to ask him questions. It's okay. Like when I am in the word and I'm like, I know you're trying to speak something to me, show me teach me and as I began to seek him on this he began to remind me of the different revivals that happened in this region and he said it's about redigging the wells in this region but it's also about I'm pouring out my spirit like in Joel 2 there's this fresh glory that he's pouring out on the earth right now that we are we are going to be a part of and we're not going to miss we're in it He's pouring out his spirit on all f- flesh, and your sons and daughters. And as I was looking in this, I started to, Ted and I talked, Ted is a real historian. We're kinda nerds, I've told you that before, but both of us had history minors, and so <laughs> we were like, I was like a class or two away from having it as a major, just because we like history, okay? So that's nerds, right? But um, the history in this region is incredible for revival. And that's what I wanna talk about. The, Uncapping of those wells and what God did in this region, but also what He's doing now, the new wine that He's pouring out. There's two things. So, at the turn of the century, before Azusa Street in Moorhead at a Swedish church, there's a revival there. And they were seeking God, and the presence of God came. They said it was like a light, the presence and glory of God. That people from the fields would come with ox carts, like ox were carrying carts and the people were in them and they'd fall out at the door just repenting and wanting to get saved and they began this revival that God began to they spread it spread they went to different places and shared the gospel and people were getting saved but out of that place the first two missionaries that ever left the United States of America to another continent came from Moorhead Minnesota to Africa God began to move. So there's wells of revival, of healing, and wells of salvation that stir for the nations right here in our region. They were filled with the Spirit before Azusa Street in that revival. They spoke in tongues and began to step into those gifts of the Spirit. The other revival wells, under what's known today as... um, It'd be Sanford on Broadway downtown. That old, the old Sanford Hospital. It's, I shouldn't call it old, right? <laughs> the older and the new one on out west. But that hospital, underneath it in the '30s, was the Gospel Tabernacle, and it was a church that um, began to see revival and salvation. And out of that, they went to different outposts like to Buxton and Edgeley. They went to all these little towns, and they began to bring the fire and presence of God, they saw healings, they saw many saved, they were discipling people like crazy. And that began to move. That's a well I want to see redug in our city. I want to see us not just staying in Fargo, but that we're spreading it out. Do you know when Dutch Sheets came through North Dakota, he said, I wish I could say this over every state, especially my state of Texas, but he said, I see this whole state being saved. That is a prophetic word and promise over the state of North Dakota, that the whole state would be saved. And he was kind of stunned by those words, and we all laughed. We're like, we're only 600,000, 700,000, however many are. That could happen, you know? Their cities are bigger than our whole state. And so I was like, that's very possible. God can move in that way. So, are you, are you okay with some testimony stories today? Okay. I just felt like I, I needed to redig some wells because we're gonna talk about what he's pouring out now and also what he's doing, what he has done. Each of these revivals marked something of what we need in our city. And there were revivalists that came in the 90s and the 2000s that imparted to why we are here today, why this whole church even happened was because of these revivalists speaking into our life. And so in the 90s, um, the Argentine revivalists Prayed over us, prophesied over us, spoken to this region. And, you know, they carried the fire of God. Like each revivalist that came and imparted to this region carried a piece of the Word of God that came alive in truth and in revival. And one thing the Argentine revivalists carried was fire. When they would impart to you, the fire of God would hit you so hard. And they were so after purity. They said, you know, they. I remember them taking a bottle of water, and he said, if you put a drop, and he wrote this in his book, Sergio Scadigolini, if you put a dropper of um, sewer water in your bottle of water, like we drink all the time, would you drink it? And we're all like, gross, no way. And he's like, that's how we can't have even a drop of the world on us. Not even a drop. And it just stuck with me. I was like, yeah, I don't want anything of the world on me. When I was looking at fasting and prayer, God had me also studying in Revelations 2 and 3, the churches of Revelation, and I'll talk a little bit about it in a bit. But the churches were growing cold in certain areas, and God was rebuking them but also saying, hey, this is how you get your fire back. And if any of us have lost any fire in any way, I want it back today. Today's our day for the fire to burn strong. It's time for it to come back time for it to increase that the nations would know him other people that came to Fargo and brought pieces Tommy Tenney the Brownsville revival imparted to us in a great measure huge and they brought salvation and revival just great signs and wonders Ruth Heflin she's passed away she's from Israel and Virginia she lived in both places and um she came and brought just the glory. She taught about the glory and what it looked like to just enter into the glory of the Lord and taught us how to get into the presence of God and then just stay there. You know, you worship and praise until you get into the worship and then you go into the glory and then you stay. And I remember her teaching that and she didn't have a great voice and she couldn't really dance but she always said you just gotta move and dance and worship and get into the glory. I remember at one service, Annika was a baby. That's how long it was ago. Our daughter um, was a baby and I was holding her and she was covered in gold. And I was like, I did not have a grid for any of that. I was like, I don't get this. Wow, okay. But there is something about the glory that she deposited in our city that I want us to continually go after. Why do we think our number one thing is pursue his presence? Is because of revivals like this that touched our lives. Paul Keith Davis has been here. Bobby Connor has prophesied and spoken to the region and into our lives. Jeremy Nelson, David Hogan, what he carried, his testimonies. Has anyone ever listened to David Hogan? The fire of God. You look into his eyes, and there is this fire like you've never seen before. And I'm just like, Jesus, if there's anything in me, just purify me. Because you're just like, you feel like you're looking into the eyes of Jesus. He's seen so many raised from the dead. He lives in Mexico, and all I can say is he's like an Indiana Jones for Jesus. He's in, that's, I don't know what else to say. It's just like crazy. Rodney R. Brown came in the 90s, and he imparted, and the revival was breaking out here. But after he left Fargo, I want you to know he imparted to this preacher that was from Missouri, and his name was Randy Clark. And Randy Clark then went to Toronto because he was asked to speak there. And guess what happened there? Revival broke out like never before. And those are like seeds that have imparted to us and have changed us. 2000s, we've had Paul Mannering here and we've had Chauncey Crandall and James Maloney, each of them carrying something of revival that each one of us needed. Paul Mannering carried strategies. On that whole where we talk about occupying the land, Paul has incredible gift of administration and the strategies from heaven where he will get downloads and just know how to accomplish things that God is showing. And um, Chauncey, crazy Chauncey, I don't know what to say about him other than he's a wild man and he would travel every week with um, Reinhard Bonnke. So he'd, he's a cardiologist three weeks and then he'd travel with Reinhard Bonnke for a week every month. And his fire for souls and for healing was like none other. James Maloney, we saw so many supernatural miracles and creative miracles in our house because of him showing up. My husband, who is colorblind and had no sense of smell, got both of those restored through words of knowledge and prayer. There are multiple other healings that took place. We've had so many people pour into us, Heidi Baker, William Wood, you know Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, all of them have poured into us. But I want you to know, those are wells that are uncapped. Those are our stories, and I want us to remember that, because God was and is and is to come, and that is being uncapped, and that's who we are. But there's so much more to come. He is pouring out His Spirit, and we get to be a part of this. As we go into a fast, I want us to go after a fast of intimacy, like what am I supposed to fast for? What's my piece to carry in this, in this season right now? We're building a foundation of 2020, so in 10 years, when we look at, back at this decade, we can say, look at what you started. You, he who began a good work is faithful to completion. I believe he's going to give you downloads for that foundation of a good work to bring to completion. I believe in this next year when we end in December, we're going to look back and say, I cannot believe what you did. The goodness of God is overwhelming me. So our fast is going to end with a revivalist here. On the third week of this month, on the 26th, is that the Sunday? um, Jennifer Toledo will be here and don't miss out. If you've read Children of the Supernatural, that's Jennifer Toledo, and she's been a missionary in Kenya. She now is the lead pastor at Expressions. She and her husband are lead pastors at Expressions 58 in LA, where Sean Boltz handed over the ministry to them. And she carries an incredible anointing. She carries incredible prophetic words. Um, but just, I don't want you to miss out because he's doing a good work in us. But let's go back to the fasting. Let's go back and look at what it looks like for us. Some things that I've um, asked the Lord to share with me about what to fast and he's really said, he took me to um, Revelations two and three and he had me study the churches and you know when it talks about Revelations, he says this is for you, it's for the seven churches but it's also for the church at large is what they're declaring over everyone. So when you read Revelation, it's for you, it's for us, it's for our church today. And they go through the seven churches in chapters two and three, and they talk about, they give them, like, you did this really well, and this is where you begin to fail. Now, repent and get your fire back, and this is what I'm going to do. And the church of Ephesus, um, let's go through some things. They begin to tolerate ungodliness and wickedness, and um, they lost their love for Christ that was so fiery and fervent and they lost that first love and they had to repent and get it back. And if any of us in any area of our lives have lost that first love, I want us today to just take that time and say, I gotta have that fire back. It's something that I've really been praying over myself as I just want the fire of God. I want that presence of God to just be so manifest in my life. Um, you know, Smyrna was graceful they, while suffering persecution, and they were even faithful unto death. Like, that's what that church carried. You know, our, there's a lot of churches being persecuted right now, and that could be a season that we enter into. But what happens when Christ comes in, he's, he's enough for us, more than enough in all the persecution, and he sees us through. Um, in Pergamum, they begin to tolerate sin. And sexual immorality, idolatry, heresies, and they had to repent and get the fire back in them, the fire that they carried in Pergamum. They kept the faith in Christ and they began to repent. And then he said he was going to give them hidden manna, a stone, and a new name. Um, let's go down to Laodicea. They had to repent for being lukewarm because they began, they began to get lukewarm. And they had to get that fire back in their lives. And so they began to ask for the fire of God. You know what he says? He's going to spew us out. You know, lukewarmity is not of God. Remember when we studied Acts 20. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made your overseer. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from you your own number men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that that for I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Do you remember we cannot be deceived. It's a possibility, right? Keep watch, he asks us to keep watch over our heart. Keep watch. Judas Iscariot was with the disciples. He worshiped with them, he did miracles with them. And what did he do? He betrayed Jesus. You know, we just gotta keep watch over our heart. Your heart can grow cold. And that's what he's showing in these scriptures into the churches, the seven churches in Revelation. Don't let your heart grow cold. Keep the fire of God in your life. Keep that passion for him and his presence. Don't let it grow weary. So back to fasting. I want us to fast um, in this 21-day fast. I really want you to hear from God what you're supposed to fast over. I want you to hear personally for for what is the thing he wants you to go after. I know that it's going to be a time of great intimacy with God, and I know that he has a plan for each one of us in this fast But I pray at the end of it that we are more fiery and more full of him than we've ever been before. I pray those wells that have been uncapped in the city and what he's pouring out, that new wine, we begin to step into and get strategies and a foundation for what's to come. This year the Lord began to speak to me to um, fast for strategies for the city to reach the poor. He told me to fast for fire. He told me to fast for souls. Um, for family members and others who don't know Christ, then nothing of what is in Revelation churches that started to get them away from God would be in us. Those are the things that he's beginning to tell me to fast for, I know there's more things, but that's just an example of what he's asking. So when we go into this week, I just wanna show you a little thing of um, what God is doing. So I just have together scriptures and just different targets of fasting, things that were shown in the scriptures of what they fasted over. You know, God is gonna meet all your needs. Love God and love others. Victory, direction, family. These are things that were fasted over. And I have the scriptures on these. You'll get them on your way out. But this is just a guide the biggest thing that's going to take place in this is that you spend time with Jesus and hear what he has to say about it. Because he's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you, this is what I need to go after. This is what I need to pray for. This is what he wants me to go. I want the fire of God on me. I want to be in his presence. The things that he's asking each one of us to do. Um, And on Isaiah 58 at the end, it says, "'If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath "'and from doing as you please on my holy day, "'if you call the Sabbath a delight "'and the Lord's holy day honorable, "'and if you honor it with not going your own way "'and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, "'then you will find your joy in the Lord, "'and I will cause you to ride in triumph "'on the heights of the land "'and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob.'" There's a lot of promises in Isaiah 58. There's a lot of guidelines that he gives us. And I um, encourage you to spend some time in Isaiah 58 this week as well. But this week when we come here, um, Monday through Friday, we're gonna have live worship. It's harp and bowl worship, so there'll be worship and then prayer and then worship and then prayer. That's how it's gonna happen. At the end of it, we have the burn and that'll go till midnight on Friday from six to midnight. And just come, bring your family. Stay for part of it. Stay for all of it. It doesn't matter. We aren't doing any of our um, extras. Like, youth group is going to meet here. JBQ is here with the families. You know, all everyone's coming here to be a part of this together as families. Bring your kids. We welcome kids. You know, some people are always worried about their kids being loud, and I just laugh. I'm like, don't ever worry about it. Have any of you read Revelation? There's thunder, there's lightning, there's, you know what I mean? Angels crying, holy, holy, holy. I don't think it's quiet. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. So don't worry if you have kids and you're concerned about bringing them. It's fine. Your pastor says it's fine, okay? And I think I learned the most about how to pray watching my parents. I know I did. Watching them pray. And watching them seek the Lord over things in their lives. And when they would fast and seek God, I learned so much. Like when we were in tough times and I watched my parents pray, you guys, what your kids are catching by watching your life is beyond. I mean, it's just a gift to them. And so make sure you bring your kids to be a part of it. Let's just stand. And I want us to enter into prayer together. Excuse me. Sage, you want to come up? And um, we're going to pray right now. We're going to ask the Lord to just come and begin to speak to us of things that he wants for us to do. But like the first service, I want you to know I'm not in a rush. And so I want you to take time if you as husband and wives and families want to come down to the altar and seek him and just begin. Let's start 2020 right. Let's get this foundation going. Let's start hearing from the Father. You know, the truth of God and his word is gonna come alive to us as we begin to fast and pray. It's amazing how things come alive as you spend time with him. And I want us to set our heart right. So we're gonna take time this morning. If you wanna come to the altar and just spend time with Jesus, First service, they went for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, until you guys came, they were still going, and I'm okay with that. You guys can stay. The prayer team will come and lay hands on you and pray over you, but just come and seek God. Let him set this foundation for 2020 in your lives. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the word that speaks truth. I thank you for how you teach us your ways through the word of God. I thank you for it's your truth, not my truth, that it's your truth that comes alive and it corrects anything that's false in our heads and in our teachings. And you just align it with your word and everything changes. I thank you, God, that you're calling us to a fast for intimacy with you, Jesus, a fast to know you in a greater measure, to get strategies of what's on your heart for what we should seek after. And God, I pray in this season and in this time that you speak so clear to your people, I pray, God, as they journal that this begins to be what is to come for them in the new year and in the decade ahead. God, I thank you for the wells that have been dug in this region. I thank you for the glory and the presence of God that has come to this city in the past. But there's so much more. And God, we step in and say, we want more, Lord, more, Lord, I know you began a good work and you say you're faithful to completion. God, we ask for the breakthroughs that we've been contending for. We need supernatural breakthroughs, Jesus.
1: We pray that
0: this is a year of incredible breakthrough. And God, as families and husbands and wives seek you together, I ask that you just go deep in the relationship. I pray our marriages in this church go so deeply rooted in Christ. The foundation gets so strong. I pray over families, any prodigals, that they would come home this year and that our families would be deeply rooted in Christ. God, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the testimonies of what you've done. And we thank you for the increase that's coming, the increase of souls, of healing, of salvation in the city. Thank you, Jesus, of deliverance. People, almost 57,000 people, delivered of demonic oppression, God. It's amazing to me. Lord, we pray that kind of freedom in Fargo, North Dakota. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.